Hey, everybody. We're finally back. This is Charles Murphy uh, alongside Charles Villanueva. We've been away for a really long time. We're sure that the 12 of you that continue to listen to our podcast have <laughs> noticed our absence. Um, we've had we've had a hard time catching up. I've been running ragged following my kids around the state uh, for sports. And Charles, I guess, Charles, why don't you catch them up on what you've been up to? You've been doing some pretty cool stuff. Oh uh, yeah, I've been like busy with like music and stuff. And le- recently, I went to Thailand to just vacation for a while. I had a great time uh, while I was there. Some pretty crazy news dropped, which uh, uh, I wasn't around like to talk about it. But now I'm back, so let's go. It's it's been nearly a month since we've been able to sit down with each other and and chat. Um, so yeah, we wanted to try to catch up on some of the more recent stuff and still give our thoughts on some of the old stuff. Um, Clearly, the biggest news since we last met was that Tyrese is now going to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, that guy is something else. Um, but in all, in all seriousness, um, the huge news that we have yet to be able to talk to, even to each other about other than exchange a few messages um, is Marvel Studios and Sony coming to a deal that allows them to continue working together with Spider-Man. Yeah. That was pretty big. Um, I was partying in Thailand when that broke, and my first thought was when I saw like the then they settled like on a twenty-five, seventy-five deal. When I saw that, I was like, "Well, that was a waste of time because that was the that was kind of like one of the deals that was on the table in the first place, right?" Yeah, at some point in the last six months, that was what Disney offered. Um, I think originally they had wanted something a little bit more, but they had put that. 25% out there, uh, and as the reports have continued to come out, I know originally people were bashing Disney, um, but it really does sound like Sony was being a, a little bit shitty, a little bit too overconfident, and I know I, one of the recent trade reports even mentioned that Sony had been feeling pretty good about themselves because of their success with Venom, so they thought they could, yeah. could do this movie the right way, and that, that oh my god, because that's what I've been afraid of the whole time, is that Sony would get their, their heads inflated over Venom, like, yeah, we got the Spidey shit nailed. So, yeah, thankfully, um, how, and, and all the stories have painted Holland as the savior of this deal, right? So, thankfully, um, Tom Holland got the sides together, and, and now we're hopefully right back on track. I mean, all that bullshit aside, I'm just glad we have, like, one more Spidey film and another Spidey MC appearance. I'm glad that, you know, Kevin Feige will probably have, like, the enough time to plan what the MC would be in case a deal doesn't get renewed. So I guess it's safe to say that, you know, if something doesn't happen, Kevin Feige has a plan on how to work Spider-Man out of the MCU. Yeah, I would I would think that, like, this third film isn't going to end on another cliffhanger. They're going to end it yeah. in a way that they could resume it if they need to, or it could be the end if that's the case. And I know a lot of people have jumped to the conclusion that there will only be one more Spidey movie, but <clears throat> over the week of reading all the, you know, follow-up reports, that's not the case at all. Like, they, they haven't said there's one more and then that's it. That's just where it is for now. So this could continue to be a really good partnership, or this could be the end of it at, at some point. So Yeah, so, so where do you think Spidey could pop up in the next slate of films? Um, that's a great question, and, and I have put, honestly, I've put a lot of thought into it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he'll be in Doctor Strange too, but, like, if you're... If you're Kevin Feige and you know that, you know, you have your, your third Spidey movie and then you're only going to be potentially or only going to have one more appearance, 
are you really going to use it up on like a, a five scene cameo in another film or are you going to put them in something major you know and i just don't i just don't see where now I, there are two 2022 movies we don't know but he's not going to be in black widow he's not going to be in eternals uh you know he could be in shang chi but again then you're taking away from shang chi and you're just making it a cameo yeah. um Doctor Strange again. It's a cameo. Um, he's not going to be in Thor, you know, and and it doesn't make sense for him to be in Black Panther. So, depending on what those other two twenty twenty two movies are, um, maybe he's in there, or maybe they save him for that. <clears throat> if that movie that I've been hinting at down the line um, in twenty twenty four, if uh, that big one, yeah, knowing you and I both knowing what that movie is, it would be an absolutely perfect place for Holland's Spidey to show up again, it would be phenomenal. Um, but they might want to use that before then. I, I have no idea. So um, it's a good question, but I just don't see how he fits into a lot of these other upcoming mm-hmm. films, at least the ones we know about, you know, other than just a, a silly cameo, which again is a waste of that contractual appearance. Yeah. It does make me wonder how long this deal is in place. Like, do they have to, uh, put Spidey in an MCU film before 2025? Is there like an expiration date to it? Or can they just wait until like the next five to ten years wait to put Spidey in a good, maybe Avengers movie down the line? So I'm really yeah. interested in whether, you know, the, the ins and outs of the, this deal, whether it expires or not. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see where he could pop up. Yep, yeah, and you know, it is good. When the news when the news first broke that the deal had kind of fallen through, I wasn't heartbroken about him leaving. Um, I really enjoyed him in in both the Spider Man movies, um, and I really enjoyed him his his stuff in Civil War and in Infinity or Infinity War and Endgame. But I wasn't heartbroken over it because I looked at it sort. I mean, sort of the way that even that Feige said it in the announcement, like, "Hey, at least we got these good movies." Um, and yeah. so I am, I am happy that they're going to be able to finish that story, and I'm. You know, I, like I said, when all this is going on, I'm not going into this expecting more after that. But if it happens, it happens. Yeah, and like I guess that's like a, the, the, our best case scenario with this whole fucking shit show. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's so much more Spider-Man to be told. Like, I know that and I know that Feige has slowly and intentionally built this universe so that, you know, here we are and already headed to our third movie. We haven't seen any Gwen Stacy. We haven't seen any Harry. Those are all things that, you know, I'm sure Feige would love to put in um, to, to allow Tom Holland and to grow and older as Peter Parker and, and follow that really cool path. But I'd be all for that because I think some of the recent stories with Peter as a little bit older adult are also really cool. Um, yeah. But if this is, if all we get is the teenage Spidey for uh, three movies, then, then that's great because we've got, you know, they're, they're, none of these characters on on screen are going to last forever, as we found out in, in Endgame. They're going to get older, and it's going to be hard to tell these stories. Um, but that's why we have all these other ones we can add to the mix. What do you think of Kevin Feige's like, uh, subtle comment about Spidey being a character that can you know go between cinematic universes? You think that was like an indication that you know Amy Pascal and Avi Arad have plans on using Tom Holland in maybe like a Venom movie or Morbius? What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we know that that's what Sony's wanted the whole time. Um, there were rumors about that way back when this started. When I was still, when we, when we were still working together at MCU Exchange, we were hearing that stuff, um, yep. and that these movies were going to be like tangentially connected. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable that he's going to show up over there, and um, you know, maybe this, maybe this Madam Web movie is going to open the door to the to the multiverse that allows him, or maybe the Doctor Strange movie and the Madam Web movie. Who knows? But I, I just have a feeling like if it does happen, the stuff that happens off in Sony's little universe is never yeah. going to impact what happens in the MCU. So it's basically going to be like a Marvel TV show. <laughs> yeah, essentially. In addition to all the Spidey news, we got the pretty cool set picks from Black Widow, right? Yeah, I I got the tip off, um, I guess, the night before. Um, and I had to do some, and I can't tell the whole story without giving away um, too much, but I had to do some detective work on on it and do a little bit of connecting the dots and figured out the yeah. night before that William Hurt was on set. Um, and then... That I think it was the next day. I, I the, in the morning, yeah. Then in the morning, I I dropped the the news, and then it was later on that afternoon that the pictures came out and proved it um, that he was there. And it's you know my my first hope, my first guess was that he was there setting up a Thunderbolts appearance. I think some stuff has come out. I think some stuff has come out since then that um, maybe indicates that that's that wasn't the case. Um, at least with the set photos that that I saw and some stuff that I saw in some other places, kind of indicating that maybe he was just there in a in a different capacity. And but we'll see, you know. Obviously, we're the, we were on the same page when when those photos came up. Like, oh shit, it's for it's for a Thunderbolt setup. Where else would he be there? I mean, the dude, he's in a fucking cane. He looks frail as fuck. He looks weak. He certainly yeah, saw- didn't look weak. But when he appeared in Civil War, he looked, you know, spry and you know, physically active. So that cane I is. I uh... that he actually broke his leg. Oh, you think? Oh, what? He... Wait, what? Yeah, he broke his leg filming last year, and he's been he's been messed up since. Like he he needs that cane in like in his personal life, in real life, he can barely oh. get around. Oh well, that shit's in my theory, but yeah. I didn't know he got it in an injury in real life. Yeah, he was filming a movie, broke his leg, had to have surgery or something, and so that cane is is like his way to get around. And apparently, he doesn't oh. move very well at all without it. So I, because I thought immediately thought the same thing. I was like, oh shit, that cane proves that this is like set in twenty twenty three, post you know, which would be present day, right? Like, yeah, but no, he's just actually fucked up. Okay, well that's that's more interesting now because now I don't know what the fuck's going on. In his role. Yeah, and I actually I could describe you the scene, but then I'm not allowed to. Okay, you describe it to me off air. Yeah. Stop recording. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys be jealous of what I'm gonna hear. I'm not <laughs> gonna talk about it either. So, uh, in other Black Widow, you know, news, like a report came out a few weeks back saying Robert Downey was slated to appear in sort of like a, like a cameo in. Black Widow, which I found super interesting. What do you think about that? I I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it's it's a way that those guys. I mean, there's there are ways that he and Evans can, and you know, obviously Scarlett in this case is in the in the movie starring. She's the star of the movie. They could stick around in those roles, and and I think it's cool because it's very comic booky. Um, but then again, like at some point, you have to move on from the iron man centric movies right like and and if you keep putting him back in movies you continue to make him important and 
I understand that this movie's set in the past, but there's there are plenty of ways that you could get through this without needing to have him in there to show his face one more time. So, you know, it, I said this, and, and we agreed on this a long time ago. Found out it was a Black Widow movie. We were like, we want this to be a Black Widow movie. We don't want this to be a cameo fest of everybody else, right? So, I don't know. I, 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 can, I can believe that it, it's a thing that would be true. I guess I sort of don't want it to be true, but, you know, I don't always get what I want, so. It also kind of lessens how special, you know, Robert Downey's send-off was in Endgame. Like, he got such a beautiful ending, and then next year, surprise, he's back in the MCU. He filmed a cameo two years ago, so it doesn't count as, like, a new contract, but he's back. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of don't want to see it. At the same time, story-wise, like you said, it's very comic booky. Makes sense. I mentioned this like several episodes ago. Like, I wouldn't rule out seeing Natasha maybe call Cap and hearing Chris Evans' voice. You know, yeah. that counts as a Chris Evans cameo in the film. But yeah, it does make Endgame a bit less special if we see Downey here in Black Widow. That's my take on it. And then, you know, you can think about how that's, that is for us. And then you think about some kid 10 years from now who gets into these movies and wants to watch them all in order. Well, maybe his order is where Black Widow actually, they watch it right after Civil War. And so yeah, they like, haven't seen Endgame yet. And so this makes sense to them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, it, it's when you think about that kind of continuity and that kind of like, what is this? What is this going to look like down the road? And where does it set things? It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like, you know, the legacy and the, the symbolism, yeah, it's, it's not as good. But yeah, you put him, you put him in a movie, and even the smallest role, and you're going to sell more tickets. So that's that's another thing, for sure. But uh, yeah, and speaking of set photos, we got the first batch of Eternals photos with the actual cast. Like we saw Angelina Jolie in a blonde wig, hanging out like by a lake or some shit, and Gemma Chan wearing Cersei themed modern clothes in modern day. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I, and and beyond that, there's been some people who who snuck shots of like um, the completed Aztec Temple of the Gods kind of thing, and really? even like entrance to um, to like the to Babylon, like an old Persian looking set that that I saw online. So it's, I mean, it's really, I'm I'm excited because I I, I know from you know way back when from the scoops that I got that this was going to be very, very deeply inspired by um, Kirby's run. And like when I see this Temple of the Gods and the colors and the it, it, it reminds me of when we would start seeing like the backgrounds of the shit in Ragnarok and we're like, oh, my God, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Um, but then you see Gemma Chan hanging out kind of modern day Cersei. It, it has to at least remind you of the the, the Neil Gaiman run, right? Like there has to be. Yeah. Um, some so that resonates with with me having read that. Um, yeah, so I don't. I, I love it. I'm excited. Still confused as hell. Have no idea how Jon Snow fits into the whole thing. Um, there was a. I don't know if you saw this. There was like a 4chan thing that got put on Reddit the other I day. That said, I I didn't read it uh, in depth, but I kind of like glanced at it. Like the the leak sort of broke down what each. Each eternal would do like the roles in the film, um, yeah. but I kind of I kind of miss the the Dane Whitman part. What did it say? Uh, it basically it said 
that he would take the place. So for if those of you who have read like Eternals number one, Kirby's Eternals number one, um, <clears throat> there was a, a a professor and his daughter Margot, Professor Damien and Margot Damien, that discovered like the temple of the gods and and the the tomb of the gods, the the in Aztec the Aztec looking thing that we see in uh, in the set photos. And basically yeah. the the rumor the rumored leak and again anything there's like a one percent chance that this is true only because you know evidence proves that one percent of this bullshit that leaks on 4chan is true um it says that dane whitman would be the person who found the tomb as he's an archaeologist so he's going to be indiana jones um and he finds the tomb and then falls in love and cersei is sent to uh to wipe his mind and make him forget about this but then she falls in love with him and blah 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 down the road there so it's it's possible. That's totally possible, right? And uh, fuck, turning turning Jon Snow into an Indiana Jones character isn't going to hurt my feelings at all. Well, that's interesting. Well, put it that way, the Black Knight just became a whole interesting character to me because, yeah, I don't think we have like, I guess, except except for Star Lord, I don't think we've had like you know, a full on Indiana Jones type adventure character. I'd love to see that. So I- I think, and it would be cool because then you like they're gonna want some human element in there to to connect everything, right? To 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 humanize and connect it, and and having him be like this this Indiana Jones guy who's unlocking this puzzle to this deep mystery of the gods. I that that's interesting to me, and that's a that's a fresh take. That's something that you can incorporate Kirby stuff into. You can incorporate Gaiman stuff into. I, I think that's a it's. A, I mean, I wish I had made up that rumor, right? Like, I think that sounds really good. Um, yeah. it calls, it calls bullshit on all these other stories about Karen and Karen was actually Margot and all these exclusives that have been thrown around who, who were just making all this bullshit up if that would be the case. But yeah, I like it. And it, and it makes, you know, I read somebody say like, Oh, so now Dane Whitman can't be a brilliant physicist. Well, Dane Whitman can be whatever the hell he wants. Like, you, know, you still, if you're, if you're going black Knight, you're going to get captain Britain at some point. And Brian Braddock has always Captain Britain has always been the, like in the comics, his his brilliance and his scientific expertise has always been more important than Dane Whitman's. Like Whitman's always been an ass kicker and a fighter, and and I mean this is he can still be all those things, and he can discover the ebony sword, and he can do all. I mean it's it's a really cool twist on the character if it's true. Plus, how many fucking MCU physicists do we need? We got so many fucking science bros and geniuses like. Yep. I want to see someone else. I want to see like an adventure. Like, like I said, I want to see like an Indiana Jones type archaeologist that goes on the, these crazy expeditions and finds new, you know, new secrets and whatnot. So right. I love the idea. Yeah. And, and just imagine if that is the if that is the case and you just you find him here and he's digging and he hasn't become the Black Knight yet. Well, I guess we know what the first Black Knight movie is going to be about. Right. Like it's going to be him doing some more adventuring, doing some more Indiana Jones stuff. I and I guarantee you, I've never talked to Kevin Feige about this, and I've never read an interview about this, but I guarantee to you that Feige loves Indiana Jones. And I guarantee you that he would love to put him in the MCU. Of course. No shit. He's my age. He grew yeah. up watching it. He loves Han Solo. He, he's talked about how he loves Star Wars and he loves Harrison Ford, so I guarantee you he loves Indiana Jones. And so this is a super believable rumor for me, only if my like inner child wants it to be true so that I get... Indiana Jones in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. But in other news, like on top of all these, you know, crazy movie news, 
we got a, a lot of TV news that we, we didn't get to talk about. Oh, uh, starting yeah. with, Tons of stuff. With the uh, sort of hilarious but sad Ghost Rider cancellation. Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Who just nicks his Ghost Rider out of nowhere? Yeah, I. that's so weird, especially since they're moving forward and even, like, shortly beginning filming on Hellstrom. Like, I... It's weird. I, I kind of love like how a few weeks ago Jeff Loeb was talking about how how this how this sort of Hulu horror universe would be like was it called Adventures into Fear like some shit like that something like that and you know I yeah, kept wondering you... like, why isn't it called Midnight Suns why isn't it called Spirits of Vengeance like why are they using this different thing uh, yeah when they've got these established names already. Yeah, so it's it's, it's kind of sad, like, you know, he talks about he's super excited for it, he comes up with a name for the universe, and then Hulu just shits on the universe. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, mean, I know a lot of people are uh, pointing the finger at Kevin Feige here, and the rumor came yeah. out that that the that possibly the reason Ghost Rider's not going to be on Hulu is because Feige wants to incorporate him into the the film side of things. Um, I haven't seen any, a lot of substance to back that up yet, but I, and I would think, um, you know, like Robbie Reyes was the ghostwriter that they used on TV. And I mean, he's, this is the ghostwriter is like another legacy character. Um, yeah. it's, you know, Feige's for the most part, um, up until really up until Captain Marvel, um, I guess I'm probably missing somebody, but, um, I, I think Feige would establish, like the the history and the background of the Ghost Rider, um, and be open to using like Danny Catch and Robbie Reyes down the line. I would imagine Feige himself is more of like a being a historically um, kind of following that timeline. I, I would imagine he would be a Johnny Blaze kind of guy, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the timing of it all is pretty. You know, it's it's really left field. Like, why would Hulu cancel? A flagship Marvel show, especially one that's you know has a very good brand name. Like you'd think that they would cancel Hellstrom instead of Ghost Rider. So something is definitely up. Um, I like the idea of Kevin Feige taking all these properties from low, like a like a spoiled kid. He he takes whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, and I like that. It, it it gives me hope that he he do it for Daredevil like in the next few years, but. Yeah, it sucks for Hulu, but I guess it's great for Ghost Rider fans who want to see him in the films. Yeah, I think it's, you know, and I know it sounds like now Hellstrom's going to be on its own, but we just saw in the Runaways trailer yesterday that they introduced Morgan Le Fay, and so you're into that into that area of, like, dark magic, black magic, whatever. And so there there's not, like, a, a huge bridge to cross to get Hellstrom maybe connected somewhere there with the runaway so there's still some some options there there's still some way that they can continue to build that little corner of their uh tv universe over there yeah but at the same time after watching that runaway trailer i kind of don't want that hulu marvel universe to exist anymore looks so bad morgan lefay looks fucking horrible i mean elizabeth hurley looks hot as always but the effects of this fucking show is so Garbage, such garbage, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I be tuning it. I messaged you like, like a minute after watching. I told you this looks fucking terrible. 
like and, and they're banking on like you know p- putting Ghost Rider and Hellstrom in the same universe. Like, yeah, good fucking luck, dude. Yeah, I I, I just don't. I don't have any interest in it and it's fine. Like it's not everything needs to be for me, you know, and, and that's, I'm, I'm totally on board with that, but there's nothing I saw in that trailer that made me think like, man, I've really been missing out on runaways. I should catch up. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in addition to ghost rider getting dropped, there was like a report that came out a few weeks ago that new warriors was also taken off the slate. Yeah. That, and that was, um, that was interesting only from the standpoint to me, only from the standpoint that everything we had ever heard or read about it was that the pilot was killer and that it, it really was it was well done and people enjoyed it and it really seemed like it had a lot of promise. So I don't know I don't know what to make of that. Um, I know the the showrunner um, made some comments on Twitter about like hey who's your source that and kind of laughed at the at the news. Um, oh really. That's fine, but like the reality is, we still haven't heard what's happening with the show. So, didn't they like finish the pilot two years ago? Like I remember yeah, I them know. announcing the cast. The cast announcement was done so long ago, and you know the report came out that all the executives loved it, but you were just trying to look for you know a proper platform for it. But you know at this point, two years later, does the show still exist? Is it, are they doing reshoots? Like what the fuck's going on? Like. It, it reminds me of that damage control pilot that was, you know, being yep. shot. You know, you'd hear that like a lot of like some comedy writer working for Stephen Colbert or some shit was working on the on the on the on the, on the damage control pilot, and then out of nowhere it disappears, and we find out that damage control was being integrated in Spider-Man: Homecoming. So, and what was uh, the other one that they were going to do with uh, a spinoff from Shield, like Most Wanted or something? Yeah, most wanted something like that. That the problem with that show was uh, there was a change of guard in ABC. Like the like the executive who was really pushing for the show was replaced out of nowhere, and then the executive who replaced that that person didn't like the show, so that was next. But that was a totally different case. I guess ABC really wanted that to happen, so you know, so they got they had the change of personnel. But this one with uh, damage control and and new warriors, yeah. It's the fact that it's been stagnant this long means something is up. Again, it's like I guess it's it's similar to the Ghost Rider thing. Maybe Kevin Feige wants a new Warriors show. I mean, he's he's you'd think that he's building all the all this you know next next generation of heroes with Young Avengers and you know New Warriors seems like a like a next logical step for it. So yeah. Yeah, and that show was like a weird mishmash of New Warriors and and Great Lakes Avengers, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. hardcore old school New Warriors. They were like Mr. Immortal was in it, and they were definitely uh, crossing some some fields there. So I I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully someday we figure out what's going on. I know that was everybody was excited because they were going to get a live action Squirrel Girl, but I mean I was genuinely excited for it, but. I'm even more excited by the possibility of Haley Steinfeld joining Hawkeye, Skate Bishop. Yeah, that that's one that happened. Uh, that rumor came out a while ago. It's not a rumor; it's from the trades, right? But and we have never came been able out, to talk about it. Came out literally after our last episode. Yeah, right after we recorded. Yeah, yeah, that is. So that's a yeah, fantastic piece of news. Like I, that nothing has been followed up on that. Like at the time, it was just that she was in talks. 
Um, so we don't know for sure if she signed a contract or not, but that is, that's a great casting. Um, you know, you, she has like a huge existing fan base. She's at that perfect age where she can own, own that character for a really long time. If they have the plans for that, um, I mean, she's perfect looking for the role. Like she looks like, you know, you look at some of the different, uh, renditions of Kate Bishop and it looks like, you know, Haley, her, the, the difference between her and, and comic books and Haley Seinfeld is not this not very great like she looks very good for that role um i yeah i think it's gonna be awesome like my takeaway with it is that i'm surprised that they're casting the role this early maybe they just wanna they wanna settle on a big name actor like steinfeld you know before she gets bigger because transformers even though it didn't make as much money as all the uh, old transformers films it was certainly the most acclaimed so maybe yeah. marvel sense that you know she was destined to become bigger if she, and, and she became bigger they wouldn't be able to book her so maybe marvel yeah, just wanted to you know you know get her signature on on paper yeah and and there's any number of things and cuz it's interesting that you know they're in talks with her and this kind of brings up a couple of the other points they're also currently right now trying to cast uh, Kamala Khan. Like we, I had, a, I tweeted that out a couple weeks ago that they're looking for girls 16 to 24 for that role. Um, even though that doesn't start filming till next fall, I think they said next September for that. And um, again, just the other day, they said that they're out looking for a Moon Knight now for a Mark Spector. So it's interesting that they're trying to lock down these roles um, so far out from filming. Yeah, I mean you're talking about Moon Knight, like they mentioned, uh, like the report mentioned, Marvel was looking for a Jewish-Israeli actor that was sort of like a Zac Efron hunk, something like that. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know. It said like the Jewish Zac Efron, which was kind of weird given that Zac Efron is Jewish, but yeah, they were looking <laughs> for somebody. Um, they they definitely want to cast somebody um, who who has some of that shared culture with Mark Spector's character, right? They're definitely are looking for someone who who is Jewish or has Jewish background, Jewish heritage, um, oh, yeah. because Spector is a Jewish character. So uh, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I'm not surprised by it, given Marvel's recent um, string of really paying attention to how important these characters, how important the backgrounds of these characters are to the decisions that the characters make, and they've been trying to. In in most cases, they've definitely been going out of their way to try to find people like like when they cast shang chi they didn't just say hey any asian come in and try out right like they didn't just blanket that um they were specifically looking for someone with chinese background chinese heritage so i think it's it wasn't surprising um but i think it's good i think it's necessary for them to continue to do that and to represent the characters as authentically as possible in most cases like i know you're you've been you've been Batting for Shia LaBeouf for weeks now. He's super annoying. <laughs> he sucks. I I want the guy from The Boys who plays Frenchie. I kind of want him to be Moon Knight. Yeah, you you said that to me a, a couple weeks ago. And it's funny because somebody tweeted that at me um, right around the same time you said it. I thought that guy was great in, in The Boys. Uh, and he would be awesome. Like like the only drawback with, with getting him is that he has a very thick uh, French accent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I don't know how would that like his accent in the show is that his real accent? I think so, yeah. Because I, I watched like one of their some of the cast interviews and he sounds exactly the way he talks in the show. So oh, wow. barring yeah. that, that was barring acting. that sort of issue, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love for him to to 
to be the guy. But again, Shai is a, in all seriousness, Shai is a fantastic actor. He's been getting a lot of claim. He's not that crazy kid he was like a few years ago. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he'd kill it too. And, and I, I, people ask me all the time and they throw in my, in my Twitter, like, he's never going to take that role. He, he won't lock down for a franchise. And I don't, like, I don't know what he will or won't do. I just look at the dude and I think, like, he's crazy as fuck. He, he has been through, like, so much stuff. He would be fantastic in that role. Um, I don't, and he looked, like, have you seen, like, I've, I've posted pictures of him on Twitter. Like, the dude is fit as hell. He's been hitting the gym hard, right? Like, he would look. I mean, he, he looks look, good. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if he would actually take it or not. People said that about Joaquin Phoenix not doing a comic book movie or Robert Pattinson, like, you know, he's a very artsy guy. Why would he take the Batman or, or Joaquin Phoenix? Why would he take the Joker? But, you know, we're, we're seeing like a surge of, you know, prestige um, acclaimed actors taking more of these commercial roles because, you know, it's, I think they, they genuinely find it fun to be part of like a big, you know, a big property with a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, fans that care about the property too. So, yeah, I could totally see Shia taking the role the same way Robert Pattinson and Joaquin Phoenix got the role. And and we see, like, uh, Marvel Studios, Disney, is going to spend a shitload of money on these episodes. Um, the we, we knew they spent yeah. a lot on Star Wars, and the report just came out that they're going to spend, like, between 12 and $25 million per episode for these um, Marvel Studios Disney Plus shows, and obviously part of that is going to paying the actors. So not that Shia needs money, right? Like he's been making money since he was ten years old, but that's yeah. also that's also got to be part of it. That's a big ass payday for him to go play Mark Spector for six months. Like that's that's a big deal. Yeah. So uh, for getting like um, six episodes, that's like one hundred fifty million for each season, right? Yeah. The budget for the Defender shows, if I'm not mistaken, was like shit, like ten million an episode or like twenty million an episode. Oh, twenty million for the whole season rather. So if the if the Netflix shows look kinda good with that small budget, imagine how good the Disney Plus shows would look with that kind of budget. Yeah, it's not gonna you're not gonna see a show where uh they only use vision special effects once per show. Oh, yeah. We're going to see him transform. We're going to see him face shift throughout one whole episode. We're going to see Scarlet Witch do some some of her crazy magic. We're going to see fucking Kamala Khan shape shift on uh, like 10 times an episode. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna make the VFX as good as the movies, right? They're going to definitely put the, put the effort in to make it seamless when you are moving from the, the TV shows or the series or whatever to the, to the films. Like, you're not going to watch, sit at home and watch, you know, Kamala Khan on your TV and be disappointed with the way her special effects look compared to the way that they look in whatever her first film appearance is. And, you know, speaking of the, the DC shows, DC films I mentioned, we've got a lot of DC news that came out a few weeks back. Like yesterday or the other day, the Birds of Prey trailer came out. Did you see that? I didn't. I have not seen the Birds of Prey trailer or <laughs> Birds of Prey trailer yet. Um, for some reason, that one's not jumping out to me. The trailer looks good. I kind of like that Harley has her um, hyenas. But as far as how the team looks, I'm surprised they, they're just like in casual wear. I, I guess that's my biggest disappointment. 
like Harley is has a very distinct look and Huntress, but um, Canary and uh, Renee Montoya and that Asian girl I forgot her name. They're all like just dressed in pants and like it doesn't feel like that much of a you know fun colorful superhero movie. But at the same time, Ewan McGregor looks fucking crazy as Black Mask. So I'm on board for that. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out today at some point. Now that I'm gonna be later on tonight, I'll be able to actually sit down and catch up on some of this stuff. But yeah, I I don't know. I I guess I'll I'll see. I haven't seen Joker yet. Um, so that we we're kind of thinking about trying to go see that one tonight. Um, I haven't seen the Birds of Prey trailer yet. I did get pretty excited, um, and I don't know how how uh, how. I know how these shortlist things work, but a shortlist came out the other day for the, um, the potential names for actresses for the Catwoman in, in the in the new yeah. Batman film. And I got I really I really enjoyed reading through that. And like as someone who's you know run stories on these shortlists before, I understand that many times you run the shortlist and then an actress or an actor who wasn't even on your list ends up getting the role, right? You know that actually like one of the few times I can remember it working out really well for for me was was with Black Widow um, when Emma Watson was up for the role of Yelena and I put in the list that, hey, like Florence Pugh is also in talks. And then like literally two weeks later, Fl- Florence Pugh got the role. Um, but there were some interesting names on that list for, for Catwoman. Can you list down the names? Because I didn't see the short list. Um, so the ones that stand out the most to me um, are Tessa Thompson. And uh, oh. she, you know, she's, but you know, and I said this the other day in a tweet, um, she's great. I love Tessa Thompson, but man, is she getting all these roles right now? And so I said, like, I would love for someone else to get a look. And so like looking at that list and, and seeing like the names and the faces and, and kind of connecting two plus two, I think Logan Bennett, uh, was, was the other one. I think that's her last name. Um, and I'm like, I'm looking at her, I'm like, where have I seen her before? And I had to go on IMDB and see it. And I'm looking at her face and I'm like, man, this is, this is like a perfect, looking person for this for this role of Catwoman and going back and trying to think about what other stuff I'd seen her in I was like man she's good I I I like this girl give her a chance to become a star right don't like Tessa Thompson is already a huge name she's already made her star and I would like for them to give someone else like this a chance to really take the take the role and run with it yeah so I mean I think I heard that Lupita was in the mix is that correct yeah yeah so I mean Barring the whole, you know, DC rivalry, I wouldn't mind if, like, Tessa got it or Lupita got it, but, yeah, for Catwoman, like, where is she supposed to show up? Is she supposed to show up in the in the Batman movie? Yeah, I'm going to look, because I think I said that. I don't think I gave the right name for this. What is her name? Logan is Brown. Logan Brown. Logan oh, Brown. Logan Browning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like... Like talking about the Batman Matt Reeves movie, like I don't know, I kind of, I just, I kind of just want the movie to be about Batman for a while. Like we've been hearing about like a, like a uh, that Matt Reeves is eyeing to do like a straight up mystery detective um, film where Batman comes across his old villains, and I, I just kind of want it to be about that. Like I've been hearing rumors about maybe. Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves is bringing in Rob, Robin in addition to Catwoman. So, like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, we've seen Jonah Hill thrown around for that, either the Penguin or the Riddler, which is another huge thing. Oh, and my, yeah. I, 
the story that I've seen like pop up most consistently is it's going to be Batman bouncing around like he he runs and he you know tracks down one of his villains and gets some info tracks down another one and gets some info and all these pieces of info lead him to the to the final stage like so, it sounds very like very detective-y very noir um which is cool yeah. which is something we haven't seen a lot of in batman so far and so maybe catwoman's just one of those right maybe she just is one of the villains that she comes across but i think like what you're getting at with robin is that reeves is um maybe laying the groundwork to build um like a, a future here for maybe it's for the whole DC universe. Maybe it's just for a Batman universe, um, but definitely laying some groundwork. And, and I think the the story I read that you're referring to is that he was debating when is he going to um, add Robin to the mix? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's not like, he's not going to be in the film right away. He's just thinking about it. Yeah. And I don't know that he will or won't be in this film. Um, and I've, you know, I don't know how, you do, I don't know how you do Batman without eventually including Robin. Um, there are, are reasons that we won't get into on, on this episode for why Robin is so important to Bruce Wayne, right? Like why Dick Grayson's character is there, why he's so important for Bruce, like what role that fills psychologically for Bruce. Um, and then the lessons that Bruce learns from, from Robin that he carries on with these other Robins. And there's also, I've never understood how you think you can just jump to a Nightwing movie without explaining why Dick Grayson would want to leave Batman in the first place. Why is he so angry? Why does he need to go do his own thing? Those, those are all such well-seated and well-sought, like thought-out storylines. I just don't know how you can do them justice without tying it all together. And I hope, like at some point, somebody wants to do that. It would take someone who has, has read the comics and gets the characters, you know, at that, at that level. And um, yeah, I hope somebody does it at some point because they're great great stories and they're they're really they they need to be there for specific reasons yeah i mean talking about you mentioned john hill earlier like did he sign to the movie already or is it just like a name in the running i think that he it was like hey jonah hill's gonna be one of these two characters they just don't know which one he's gonna do yet and it feels like when they when those things come out in the trades it feels like the agents leaked it you know so that you could get some buzz going so that the the prog- the process was maybe stagnating and the, the agents leak it to the trade so that um, yeah. the studios get some pressure to say, like, okay, fine, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? It's such a silly game that they play. Right, but we know that Jeffrey Wright is, is going to play Jim Gordon. Yeah, yep, and I love Jeffrey I, Wright, and I think that's great. Dude, I think it's fucking perfect. Like, do you watch Westworld? Yes. I mean, he's basically Jim Gordon in that movie. Like, He's always got his glasses on. He's always like being like a mentor, like sort of, you know, he's keeping things in check. But, you know, he's got a darkness inside him. So, yeah, Westworld is basically Jeffrey Wright's audition for Gordon. And, you know, it is only a matter That's... of time until he, 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 he got the role. It's, it's amazing to me. Like, he's so, he's so talented. And everything he does, he hits a home run, right? Like, he, you've never seen Jeffrey Wright pull the Johnny Depp and mail in a role. Like he, he's always, he's always like in the role. He's always a different person. Like Johnny Depp, when you watch like the latest pirates movies, Johnny Depp is like doing a bad parody of himself as Jack Sparrow. He's not even even acting anymore. He's pretending to be the guy who was, who was Jack Sparrow. And like, so it's just the same. It's, it's like Vince Vaughn, right? Like Vince Vaughn is the same person in every movie you ever see him in. 
It's not yeah. even him being a role. He's just in the movie being Vince Vaughn. Jeffrey Wright's like the total opposite of that. Like he's sometimes you don't even recognize that it's him until you hear him talk or until you get to a certain point because he just inhabits these roles and he's such a good actor. It's great to see him get a role like this where, you know, like I know I'm going to go see this movie and I'm going to love the shit out of him. And you're right. Like he's so he's got this calmness to him and this coolness and this assuredness. But yeah, there's definitely that edge to him that he can portray to. I, I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah, for me, the only downside of him joining the DC universe. I mean, he's he's in What If, right? He's he's voicing Watu. But for yeah. me, I wanted to see him as Doctor Octopus in the new new Spider-Man MCU universe. He's so good. Yeah, I wonder. Too, fucking- I wonder if you know he's gonna voice Watu in What If. I, you know, I have a hard time because we know that that's part of the MCU. I have a hard time Scan thinking that at some point they're not going to put him in live action and have him play the character. Yeah, that's a very fair question to bring up. It does make sense for for them to use him because Jeffrey Wright has a very distinct voice. Yeah. So, I mean, it also depends on how they want to approach Watu. Watu is a fucking pale alien with a big head, giant eyes. <laughs> they could very well just you know, give Jeffrey Wright like a mocap suit the same way they did for James Spader with Ultron and then it's, you know, it's 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 Jeffrey Wright performing the character but it's not his face, so that could be like yeah, a loophole, so I don't know. Man, it would be hard. I don't care who the actor is. Like, I don't know how they did the Watchers in Guardians Volume 2, but if you're going to have like a close-up view of Uatu, it's super hard Speaking, to yeah. imagine how you yeah. would do that live action without doing mocap right you have to add a giant bubble head to the dude i don't know how you would do it otherwise yeah and it's gonna look it's gonna look freaky as fuck seeing you know oh you know if if, if it's a, it's a humanoid it's a humanoid with a fucking big head big guy big mouth speaking words of wisdom so yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to be very careful with that yeah it could it could get weird quick but i'm sure they'll have uh spent years trying to work on it behind the scenes before they roll it out in a movie yeah okay so before we wrap you wanted to talk about some cool comic book news from your comic con yeah so nycc is always you know low i mean there's never any film news and there's for for guys like us there's fewer and fewer things we care about on tv like i had a whole runaways panel um that's cool but you know it's not not my thing um but what nycc always has is killer comic book news um And so yesterday, the most exciting things just for for me personally, and I know you're excited about at least one of these things, was Al Ewing, uh, who's been doing just the killer job on the Immortal Hulk and who wrote the Ultimates, the most recent run of the Ultimates, which was amazing, um, replacing Donnie Cates on Guardians uh, starting in, in January of 2020. And I don't know if a lot of people know this or if they bought the book, but um, Ewing did some work on guardians on the guardians annual that came out this last year so he's and i have to go back and read it now because i'm not sure that he may not have planted some seeds in in that knowing because these guys know like way ahead of time when they're gonna start writing on the books they have like those marvel retreats and they plan stuff out years in advance so i want to go back and read that and see if he planted some seeds there for his upcoming series um and then he's replacing Donnie Cates because Donnie's going over and Donnie's been killing it at, at Marvel. Everything he writes is just crazy as hell. Um, he's going over to, to, 
take over for Jason Aaron on Thor, and God, what a daunting well, task to take over. <laughs> yeah. Mike, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I saw the picture you posted with the, with the new Thor costume, which I think we're in agreement that it kind of looks bad. His hair, he's got like Fabio hair. It's whack as fuck. I don't know what's going on. To me, it's like the hair that's fucking terrible. Like it's Fabio hair. It's fucking. It's like he, it's like he has an he's a he has the hair of an elf. It's like a Legolas. So and it's not <laughs> like look, jam. It's exactly. I didn't I didn't go to Legolas, but I went to uh, Hugo Weaving's character in uh, with the weird oh. little fucking tiara. Yeah, yeah Elrond. Yeah, it's it's it kind of looks like it's that. Just... But I mean, his armor looks kind of cool. It's, it's like you know, you could see space through his armor. So maybe that's an indication, like you know, he's he's got like the Odin Force now. So maybe that's why. But you know, Adam um, said to me yesterday, our friend Adam yeah. Barnhart, who works at, at ComicBook.com, he goes, "Is Thor Captain Universe now?" And I looked closer uh, at, the, at the outfit, and I'm like, "Oh shit, is he? Has that happened somehow?" Well, now that you're mentioning, it's fucking, it's crazy. That'd be sick though. Is that is that the kind of thing Don Cates would do? I've never read any of his stuff. It's totally the kind of thing Don Cates would do. Take some like some uh, not I mean, he's not obscure. Captain Universe isn't totally obscure, but some character that's been kind of MIA in the in the comics for a while, and just all of a sudden find a way to blend him in because he's all about, or so far he has been, he's all about like blending these weird things together. Like you get Cosmic Ghost Rider, you get. Um, the, the Silver Surfer wielding Thor's hammer. Like, he's he's been doing that for a while. So, yeah, I mean, if you told me that that's what Donny Cates decided, I wouldn't be like, no way. It's it's kind of been his thing. Didn't you also mention that there was, like, a, some secret Chris Claremont story brewing? Yeah, so we'll see. Like, I, I don't know. This is just a rumor that keeps bubbling and bubbling, and it's not anything that anyone's told me about on the side. Um, like, I heard... I heard about Ewing on Guardians ahead of time, and I thought that was super cool, but that wasn't my news to break. Um, but this is just something that keeps bubbling, and there's at least a little bit of evidence to support it. So Chris Claremont, who is my absolute favorite Marvel writer of all time, who like hooked me on X-Men when I was a kid, he's at NYCC today. And there's like a, a fanfare panel at 2 o'clock where they're going to ask him questions like, hey, who are your favorite X-Men? And, and like, yeah, like he goes to a lot of cons and he's a pretty cool guy. But this is a pretty big one for him to just go and, and do like a Q&A where he's only a part of the thing. Right. Like, why would you bring such a, a legend to just show up to answer five stupid ass questions from the audience? Right. Hey, do you like Wolverine? Like, that's the kind of stupid shit someone's going to ask him. So <laughs> it, it also happens that at five o'clock this afternoon, um, there's the like the Dawn of X panel where they're going to break news on the second wave of books to hit Dawn of X after this this initial um you know X-Men New Mutants Excalibur um all these books that Hickman has kind of set up and he's writing some of them so today at 5 they're going to going to break these new books and uh in a in a podcast that he was on earlier this week Claremont uh kind of basically flat out said like hey I've got this opportunity to work with uh what's our just name Salvador Larocca yeah, is that am I saying guy's name right? Yeah, so he's like, I got an opportunity to do a book with him. Um, he goes, but you have to wait to this weekend to find out more about it. So I mean, it's it really does mm-hmm. seem like he's going to be back working on an X book at some point, which is just blows my mind. Like I I thought he would be done. Like I thought I'd never get to read. Like he's writing a New Mutants uh, one shot, which is cool. But I would I would have never guessed that I'd get to read another Claremont series. 
it's it's like you know it's like if Frank Miller returns to Daredevil at this day and age, it's like fucking crazy. Like it's almost impossible that would happen. So I can imagine your excitement. I mean, I haven't checked out the Hickman stuff yet. I'm kind of like saving it until I get yeah. it all out. But I've I've been hearing crazy stuff about you know House of X, Powers of X. So I'm definitely interested. I mean, this podcast might come out like in the next two days, some maybe tomorrow or maybe on on Monday. But whatever comes out later, it's gonna be crazy, probably. Yeah, we could we could uh, have talked about it. It happens this afternoon, and then somebody listens to it on Monday. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? We already know Claremont's writing a book. But yeah, we're yeah. this is this is a Saturday morning at like noon for me. So. I'm excited, looking forward to up to these next five hours, five, six hours to see what happens. What if it's like Rob Liefeld doing an X-Men book? <laughs> Chris Claremont writes the first issue and then Rob Liefeld takes over. Isn't that, what ha- isn't that why he left Marvel? Like, I remember the 90s. That was like, that was like the, the, the thing. Or was it Louis Simonson? I remember like Rob, Rob Liefeld butting heads with some like senior writer. It might might have been Walt or Louis Simonson, but it would be hilarious though if like Chris Claremont is forced to work with Rob this day. Oh, how would you do that to a guy like Chris Claremont? <laughs> right? Yeah, fucking I've crazy. Never, I've never really been able to get into any of Liefeld's series and like enjoy them um, in any sort of like continuous reading. Like if I read two or three of them, I'm like, eh, put it down. I've never gotten into it, so. Claremont, on the other hand, holy shit. I mean, that that's my whole, my whole, all my youth, you know, spent reading his X-Men. And now, you know, as I've gotten older, going back and, and finding the issues I've missed and like putting it together. And he's just written, like he was the person who captured for me, like that, that idea that the X-Men were a family and that they did more stuff than just go out and save the world. Right. Like there was, there was more to them than that. And he wrote so yeah. many storylines. Oh my God. I love it. I can't, I can't even. I don't know how excited I'm going to be. I don't know if I'll be, you know, jumping up and down and screaming like I did when Feige told me that uh, <laughs> it's at Comic-Con when Feige said that they're making Blade and Mahershala came out onto the stage and I was screeching and my kids had to tell me to shut the fuck up. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what level I'll be at tonight, but it'll be pretty intense. All right. Um, so that that does it for us, guys. We're, we're glad to be back. After that long hiatus, we hopefully um, things are normalizing a little bit and we can get back on some kind of a good schedule for you. Uh, hopefully, you guys, uh, by the time this comes out, some of this, this big news from NYCC has hit. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with all these developing Marvel TV shows and some of this casting that's out there for both Marvel and DC. Um, so thanks for listening. As always, this is Charles Murphy. You can find me at underscore Charles Murphy on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at CFS Boogan Webber. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.